Hello, hello, hello. My name is Adam. This is the Adam Podcast, and today we have a phenomenal episode with my friends from Ski the Whites, uh, which is a ski and bike shop in North Conway-ish area in New Hampshire. Uh, some of my favorite people, Andrew's been on a few times. Monty joins us this time as well to preview some last year's standing stuff, talk about what's going to happen, talk about the event, talk about past events, talk about endurance events in general, ski shop life. Um, and as you may or may not know, the event has gone down this past weekend uh, as at the time of this recording, which is Sunday, middle of the day. They are 50 plus hours deep into this event. Uh, so if by the time this comes out in the morning, they're still going, that is a new record, um, which is insane. Uh, the the things that these people put themselves through for the sake of nothing, like it's it's hilarious. It's incredibly inspiring. And it's, it's seriously one of my favorite events this year. I'm still a little bummed that I was not able to make it in person this year, but uh, I've been following, following along like a, uh, crazy person since friday so um all of that said we have a few things to get through before we jump into today's episodes some of them being ads for our partners at fisher skis uh, one of the things you will notice at last year standing this weekend is tons of fisher skis on the feet of these athletes and that's because fisher makes the best touring equipment the most durable all mountain equipment and the stuff is just it's super bomb proof. So whether it's looking for a new Fisher Transalp or a new Ranger for an all mountain or crossover ski, they've got you covered. It's uh, I've been skiing on this stuff for a long time and we actually have decided to partner with them again for another two seasons, which is, uh, which is incredible news. And I couldn't be more thankful to that team over at Fisher. They're, they're the best genuinely. Um, and not just cause they pay us money to say they're the best. They're actually the best. The skis are like, I'm terrible with my gear and that stuff holds up like nothing else. I've actually been skiing and touring on the Ranger 108 for the past couple of weeks and it's my favorite ski currently, period, point blank. That, that thing's the best. So go to fishersports.com and you can learn all about the new gear or just stop in your local retailer or slide in my DMs or email. It's just adam at outofpodcast.com if you would like to get caught up on all the newest Fisher gear. Next, we have Mammut. Mammut is the ultimate in safety product, uh, from Avalanche Beacons to Avi Packs to Shovel Probe, like the whole situation. Mammut has you fully covered. Uh, like, this is the most trusted equipment in the world. No questions asked, point blank, when it comes to Avi safety and just being safe in the backcountry in general. Obviously, they have a bunch of other great stuff as well, but this is a time when a lot of people are out in the backcountry and stuff like snow layers get a little weird and things get a little weird in the backcountry sometimes. So be safe out there and get the equipment to put yourself in the best possible position to, I mean, realistically, never use it. You never want to have to use this stuff. But if you have to use it, you want gear that's going to be good, and this is it. So you can go to memu.com. You can use promo code out of bounds 25 and you can get 25% off capital O capital O capital B and without well some further ado there is a new couple new YouTube videos that are out now uh, about ski length and correct picking the correct ski length for you there's also some new merch on the website all that good stuff care less do more on Tuesdays the pursuit podcast on Wednesdays go listen to those shows but for now 
enjoy this episode with Andrew Drummond and Mock D. McKindo. Monty, Andrew, tell people who you are, a little bit about yourself, and we'll go from there. I could join the chat room. I could just shut up. All right, Andrew Drummond here. <laughs> I am owner of uh, Ski the Whites. I'm a skier, uh, I guess, trail runner, photographer, now coffee roaster, and co-event director for Last Skier Standing, which we're talking about now, with Monty McIndoe to my right. Um, Monty McIndoe, I am a, uh, a newbie, a neophile to the... <laughs> backcountry skiing scene but i got uh, roped into last skier standing with andrew through uh, a running event of the same format and i'm um, happy to be here happy to be here um tell people a lot of people obviously know what the event is how the event goes and the format but andrew do you want to explain to people that don't know what this event is all about and what the purpose of this and why people are out there suffering for long periods of time Oh, my pleasure. No, this, this event was, um, the, the result of, of like a Google questionnaire after our, our backyard ultra in the fall, um, the first year we held it. And one of the participants said, why not do this on skis? And the idea was born. So Jed Wilbur is the, the, the guy to blame for this horrible idea, but I, I didn't think that no people were going to want to do it. And I think I got five verbal commitments agreements to do it one night and so then we just asked uh black mountain ski resort if we could could do it and they said yes and then we opened up registration it's crazy it's crazy how simple it was to make the event a thing and then of course you have to figure out how to really like make it a thing so all the logistics and the course and what's the right amount of vertical and that's still like a hard thing to answer because this format, you do one lap every hour on the hour and until the participants stop, stop, they stop wanting to do more laps and you have to be at the start line at 10 AM. You can't start early. Um, it's 10 AM and then 11 AM noon, one, two, and so on. And yeah, it's crazy. By the end of, of 24 hours, you've done 24,000 vertical feet. And this was on the previous four editions, right? Three editions? Three. This is the fourth year. This is the fourth year, I think. Fourth year. So this is... Um, Rick Ben Brody. Rick Ben Brody. Should be that simple. So th- this, um, just to, to catch everyone up to speed, this year we changed venues. It's the Black Mountain of Maine in Rumford, Maine. And this course is now 20% more value. So you get 20% more vertical feet. <laughs> Two thousand. It's it's twelve hundred feet each lap, and we'll see how that that goes. But yeah, again, this is an event. It's not a race. The whole idea is to just to challenge yourself. There's only going to be one finisher. Everyone else is going to drop out at some point, and it's it's a good time. Yeah. Um. Most fun part about the event for you? I mean, Monty, you're always the one that I see like hustling people to the line and making sure everybody's good to go and kicking everybody off and. I feel like I saw you awake for the entirety that I was there last time, just like with toothpicks of like holding your eyelids open. But yeah, what most fun part about this event, like it's a suffer fest, even for both of you, just being awake for the whole time. It's brutal. 
Yeah. <laughs> the the best part about it is when people. I mean, there's two parts. One is the when people come in and say, "Oh, I don't think I have another lap left in me," and that's just me here. And what I hear is like you have to say these magic set of words to get me to go back out and to try and get people to go back out. But then when people come back in and they are totally crushed and they and they say, "Listen, I, I'm done. I X Y Z," and they just break down. That's the best part for me. That's the okay. We've now because I I can identify with that. Yeah, like wh- where you're at, and it's just it's like like everything is like you know real and pure, and you get that from almost everybody. Yeah. So that's the part that I like. Okay, you did what you you came to give it your all. You gave it your all. That's that's the accomplishment right there. Yeah. Is there, is there a line somewhere for you where you're like pushing people? Like, is there too far to push people so that they go back out there or like, I don't know, like there's gotta be some point when people are just fighting off exhaustion, right? Like you just mentioned Ben, like pushing off his dad and being like, I'm, I have a plan I'm going for, you know, like, is there, is there a line for you where you're like, okay, maybe sit this one out or would you rather see people just not make the time cut anymore? If, if you come in and you're loopy, I'm not going to push you Yeah, to go back out. But if you're like, oh, my feet hurt. Of course your feet hurt. <laughs> oh, I'm tired. Of, of course you're tired. Like there's, there's, there's nothing I can say. I'm not going to, I'm going to encourage you. I'm not going to berate you, but I'm going to say like, what do you need to go back out? Yeah. Like, let's get a drink in you. Let's, you have 12 minutes. Let's get a drink in you. Let's put a blanket on you. We'll put your skins on. Just take, let them out and take you out. Yeah. Just want, go out for one more lap. And I've had people suddenly like, I'm done. And then 12 laps later, they're like, what happened? Yeah. I'm like, you were nowhere near done. Yeah. Now, now you might be near done, but like people just, it's your mind. I mean, your mind, my mind says to shut down way earlier than you know, the preservation wants to kick in way earlier than necessary. Yeah. What so. do we, what do we think is going to happen this year? Obviously added elevation. First year was like 33 laps. Second year was 55 or something. Third year was 60 something. I'm probably getting all those numbers wrong, but. 65. Yeah. Yeah. No, 30, 34, 30. Yeah. 30, I think it was 34 to uh, 61 to 65. Okay. Um, what, like, do we go past that? Do we think someone's going to push past that 60? I mean, that's long. People were doing, Ben and Jeremy were doing like fucking laundry during the second rendition of this thing. Like, cause they ran out of clean and dry stuff. Yeah. Like, like, I, I think it's gonna, it's, it's so, and I think the first couple of years was just figuring this format out on skis because like you have to incorporate all this time to transition and, and the way the course is, it's really like people could race this in 17, 20 minutes in the ski most lightweight setups. They could be up and down with all this time. And, yep. But then, so it's, it's not like an, a physically challenging course as like, if you just kind of compare it to this backyard ultra format where they do four point you know, one, six miles yeah. and they can, someone can run that at a hard effort at like 20 something minutes. So it's allowing for, it's allowing for the participants to have a little more time to deal with gear. Cause it's such a gear intensive activity, mm. 
But if the weather's bad, you know, we've seen some really horrific wind, cold weather, snowstorms. That's just like really tough on the participants. And that's going to be a huge factor. We've seen tough skiing conditions, all bumped up snow. That's like big leg burners. Rocks are starting to show up and that took a toll on on the skiers. We saw the really challenging skinning conditions last year when it, it went brutal. from like 60 degrees <laughs> to like locked up freezing. And so people were boot packing and sliding and slipping and mentally that was taking its toll. So we've seen, we've seen like that, the, all these different um, factors show up. And this year it's like, well, it's a new, it's a new location. What is a little more vert gonna, gonna do? And Monty was just pointing out like, you know, what's gonna take you out and we always worry as race directors, like we want to make this as safe as possible. I mean, that's obviously number one is protecting everyone and making sure that people aren't making decisions that they shouldn't be making. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, or, you know, you think about setting up this, the course, it's like, well, man, you could make it harder, but they would be like more exhausted and they'd be racing for cutoffs. And now they're putting themselves in like another sort of um, unsafe position if they're racing to get back down. So I don't know. I, again, I think that the anything's possible. I think the right people, you know, it takes two people mm. to push this event. And if you, if you start looking down the list of people that are coming back, you have at least, I don't know out of the top 10, but you at least have out of the top four, three or the three are back and yeah. then you're adding on more to that list. You know, we have, we started this off. We had, I think, something like 62 participants the first year. And when you did it, when you have, um, I see here, a young Adam Jabber with... Um, <laughs> with like seven laps or something. Oh, come on. Don't shortchange yourself. You had... Oh, yeah. Six laps. Sorry. <laughs> don't, <laughs> Sorry. Don't, come on. Don't add Don't boast. Myself. Don't boast. No, to come be on. fair, though, I actually did a few more afterwards because Monty... I didn't have Monty in my corner to tell me that I needed to do more. But then I did like three or four more with Christian. And then I was like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. I just quit. <laughs> and to be yeah. fair, I'm going to, uh, this is me defending my own ego here. Um, I drove back to the shop that night. So I don't know what else I can do there. Like I drove three hours back to West Springfield. So, but anyway, yeah. unrelated, unrelated. That's still what Rick did off of running off oyster fumes did five times that. So that's, uh, there's something to be said for everybody that competes in this fucking thing. Yep. So you were making a point before I had to defend myself. Well, no. So if you're looking at 65 <laughs> hours and what is it going to take to break that, man, it's like I said, it's going to take two very determined individuals. Yeah. And and we'll just have to, you know, I, I've learned that you can have your favorites and, but there's always going to be dark horses that are showing up. I think last year having um, Rich Connell show up yeah, and he was, he's yeah. skinning in like these Scarpa size 30, 32 Mondo boots, not, not the lightest kit and just ch- plugging away. And I don't even think he had a plan. Like no, he just he showed like, up in one Oh sixes. Like the skis were gigantic too. Everything. was. So big. what we're seeing is you're seeing these heavy metal participants starting to lighten up the kits. I saw Ben Ack is hunting down some schema boots. So he's all business. He went from like these clunky <laughs> telly boots held together with valet straps. And now he's, he's asking me about, some dina fit pdgs or he was in in the shop trying on boots or trying to see if we could work on some boots it's exciting i, I don't know I, I think that that's the that's the cool part about this is this this class the class of 2023 what are they going to bring to the table and how far are they going to push it because every year in these events we see the overall average lap numbers go up yeah yeah 
is there in your guys' mind is there a an ideal lap time right like there's obviously too fast there's too short and you see people fluctuate from you know making it with three minutes to spare or something and and doing it in 25 minutes or whatever you know so is there a in your head have you seen a consistent trend in one direction for how long it takes people to complete this thing Neither no. of you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, consistent. So you have to go. I think you got to go your own pace. So if you're like a, if you're very very fit, you just want to go up at a pace where you're not going to get sweaty yeah. or as little sweat as possible. Make it to the top, transition, come down, and if you can then maintain that heat when you're down and get take care of everything else you want to. But most of the people who've done it come down, they sit eat, hydrate, go to the bathroom, show back up to the line. Yeah. And crewing allowed, right? And encouraged. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I think there's that the idea of just being efficient as possible. And I know last year Brody was just getting sick of going so slow. He's like, this isn't my pace. He's yeah. like, I got to like turn it up a notch. And in the running format, you see a lot of, you know, people really push it they drag it out. They drag out all the laps. Like if you can walk more time spent walking and, but there's so many different strategies. Some people try to do a fast lap, a slow lap. They just, maybe just having a plan is going to help them out being like, all right, I'm on my, every three laps I burn, you know, go a little faster. So I have more time to rest or do a boot change. And yeah, it's just been unique watching this for everyone. They're all going to have their, a different plan. And, you know, there's people here that just are going to do like like you did like do six laps have a good time be social and then you're going to yeah. people that are are chasing all the carrots trying to do 24 hours trying to everest trying to see a, a second um sunset or you know you name it yeah. and there's going to be like a handful of people left that are going to look around at each other and be like all right one of us is going to finish this thing and that's that's when things get exciting at what point do you see people start to get a little weird Right. Like I think a lot of the people, Brody and Ben in particular, talking about like, you know, talking to themselves and seeing things and all this stuff. Like at what point do people start to like mentally lose it a little bit? I mean, definitely second, the dawn, the dusk of the second evening. It's it's night two, night two. It's if you've pulled an all nighter, you know, it's, it's been a minute since I had to pull an all nighter until I started hosting these events, but staying up all night, it's miserable. Like yeah. you have to break through that 3am, get through like 3am, 4am. And then you can see the light and then you're re- recharged again. You're like, why stop now if it's light out? And yeah, you might get loopy, a little slap happy on that second day, but then it gets dark again. Then things get real because at that point everyone just <laughs> disappears. It's like a ghost town and it's like, all right, everyone here that's still here, it's all business. But yeah, you gotta it's 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 gets dark at what four thirty five o'clock now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you it's a twelve hour shift of darkness. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the thing people don't even realize at all. It gets darker than you, but you're standing. It's the the floor is uneven. Your feet are cold. I'm just like, and then you look at the list like of the the non-finishers and it's like now there's a bunch of them on it but then you go into these gaps where like people you know like i'm kind of wishing please like please be start, <laughs> really painting start, a great picture for this event please really start dropping, please start dropping. 
there's a lot of sociopaths out there that are like thinking about this. And I'm sure you saw this, like how long, like the, there was a wait list for this thing this year. And I think there was last year too, right? Like the event, yeah. like you're capped it, like it's done. But mocha skins are quite literally the only skins that I've ever used. They are the best for whatever application you could possibly want. Uh, whether you're running something super lightweight or you're running a super wide, heavy, heavy metal style setup. Mocha has skins for you. Even if you're looking for something inexpensive and quality, the ready to climb skins are some of my favorite. They're just, they're durable. I honestly, they have a wonderful skincare routine video on their website, but I don't use it. I just roll my stuff up and <laughs> throw it in my bag and let it sit there. And that is a testament to how well these skins work. They've lasted me forever. And I, I'm not good at taking care of my equipment. That is not to say that you shouldn't. You absolutely should take care of your skins. And there are plenty of great avenues to get good skincare advice. But for more of that, just go to pomoka.com, P-O-M-O-C-A.com, and uh, get yourself some new skins or go to your local retailer. And if you have questions about skin sizing or what skin is right for you, I'm happy to give you all of the skincare advice that you need cool next we have our friends at bluebird backcountry bluebird backcountry is a localized backcountry experience um, taking place much closer than many of the other backcountry areas in colorado so if you are looking to get out there and get a little hut stay get a little backcountry ski action within the safer parameters that Blueberry, Bluebird Backcountry offers. There's some amazing skiing there. I'm actually going to go get some time spent out there, uh, hopefully this spring. And I, I couldn't be happier about it. I love what they're doing over at Bluebird Backcountry, and you can learn more at bluebirdbackcountry.com. And yeah, let's go skiing. I mean, I always say this every time I do like a can ad is like, let's go skiing, but Go skiing, go skiing for yourself, and then go skiing with me when I come out there at the end of the month. Cool. Back to our episode with Andrew Drummond and Monty McEndu. Yeah. Yeah, people want to do this. I, it's We we tried to figure out how to manage an event and not like have it too big. You know, It's a lot of people to manage, and it's a lot of work. And I think for the participants to not be like crazy, overcrowded, lost in in the chaos but this year we have like we'll have like 140 people i'm sure at the start you always have like 10 percent no show rate but that's a lot more people i mean that's 50 more people than we had last year yeah at the start and it's exciting i mean that that part of that those numbers alone it's like all right your your pool just went up like you know for sure at 24 hours there's gonna be 80 percent drop rate it's just it's just the number it's just how it works like it's gonna be like it could be within a few people but There'll be like, yeah, 25 people or so or something like that for they're going to make that 24 hour mark. That's still a ton of people. It's still a lot of people. But, you know, this starts on a, this starts on February 10th, Friday morning, 10 a.m. So Saturday, when the weekend crowd starts showing up, there's going to be 20 plus people. There's going to be like, yeah, 20 people at least probably just do, still doing laps and and moving. We moved it up. We've historically started on a Saturday, but starting on a Friday just kind of reduces our footprint for the event for like the prime time for the ski resorts to make their money. Right. So it'll be, it'll be kind of exciting because it'll be a Saturday and Sunday, the the meat and potatoes of this event when things start getting challenging 
we'll have a lot of um, kind of outside spectators and support. Yeah. Are first timers, a lot of first timers this year? Like, is that a, and how do they tend to fare? I guess, because uh, people don't know what they're getting into, I think. And I think you're one that was the, that was like a lot of people where people were just like, all right, well, we're just going to do this and see when I start to break, you know? So what are we, how does the first timer list go? Is there like, like anybody can just sign up if they make the list in time? Right. So we, we had this open, the registration opened and it filled up. We, we allowed like how many spots, a hundred spots immediately. Yeah. Uh, and that filled up in 20 minutes and then we, we pushed it to a wait list and then the wait list was, open for like a month so that people who could hear about it could get on it and then it was sort of like a lottery to pull people off that wait list i don't know i thought it was like the most fair way to go about it and and bring in a diverse group of um, participants this year and what's cool is like it's hosted on ultra sign up and you can you can sort it by you know number of finishes in the event and i think you get probably about halfway through and it's all people that have never done it before no, so sure. there's a lot of like there's a lot of people that have never been to this event there's also a lot of people that have like zero endurance um i guess results on the on the uh, in the database so there's just complete dark horses that not sure not sure how people are going to do who are the favorites who are we taking bets on mm. well we were saying you can't bet against uh the people who have proved themselves already yeah which would be ben Eck. he's he's the He's going to be the favorite. Uh, like I said, he's coming with a, a game plan. He's coming. She's shedding. Seems like he's shedding the telly gear. So that should certainly help. Yeah, if, I'm, I'm. I'm going to be concerned if he starts to take this seriously. <laughs> yeah, he like was in like a fucking rabbit suit or something, right? The panda, <laughs> the panda suit, trash panda. He's yeah. in a raccoon suit. So, so Ben X, <laughs> he's certified crazy maniac, and in the least suspecting person, but he will be up there and then um ian i mean sorry um rich connell yep. right rich connell's back so rich um put in 40 40 something hours i think or close to 50 hours last year and then you've got um brent under koffler mm. brent was he was fourth last year he did like 42 or 41 laps and he's been training a lot he seems more dialed seems like he's this is um i think he patrols there a little bit too so he's like all he's, he's a hometown all, hero all business yeah um and like if you if you kind of if you look at this list like Dan, like kids like danny romano that go out and they they love to just do like ten thousand feet um in an afternoon i worry about those people so you obviously have some of these like schemo um schemo people those types and then yeah, there's other, like, again, other people that have done this before, I'd say out of that top 10, there's a lot of returning people. And I think I've just heard more people being a little more talking this event up this year, talking about the numbers and what they're going to see, but it's a lot of talk. I'd say, yeah, Jack Murphy, who did, I think 30 mid thirties for a split board. Yeah. He's back. He's a young gun. A couple other kids that are under, um, under 18. They'll be there. Uh, like I say, Gabe and and Dom, right from the shop, yeah. shop boys. They're they're ready to crush it. They're going to put on a performance, and then for the woman's side, 
got to give a shout out Hillary McCloy. She's been training okay. hard. I'm psyched. She's like, she's ser- taking this serious. And I, I, I didn't understand how serious she, she was taking it, but she's been like making, exactly. making a point to stack the vert. And if it, we see a lot of overlap with our other races here. So I, Maya Buckingham is yeah. coming out and she at Bubba's she threw down oh, hard in the 30 something hour range. So these are all, this is good. Like everyone I'm mentioning is probably going to make it to 24 hours. So that's just a, that's a pretty solid list right there. Yeah. Um, anyone Oyster, new? O- Oyster Rick too. I got to give Oyster Rick a shout out. Yep. Yeah. The OG. Um, anyone new that you're have an eye on like first timer that you think can do well that you are aware of, or they're all wild cards. Man, you know, like I, I think a lot of these <laughs> participants just like flew under, like it filled up so quick that I'm honestly just scrolling through real time right now. And I'm like, oh, they signed up. They signed up. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of people with like a, a strong endurance background in running. And that's where like I get worried. Like people that have done 100 milers that have put themselves through the ringer. Yeah. They're all business. Like yeah. I'm, I'm looking at like... uh Spencer Ralston, yeah. not a first timer, but he's he's done this for a couple of years now, and he just wants to keep doing better. So he's another name that will be in that twenty four hour plus range. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's the the beauty of it is like you just don't know you don't know who's gonna show up and have their day. I mean, there could be like great names on here that just come and socialize like you did do six laps and and call it good and hang out and yeah i don't know everyone's in this for a different reason yeah yeah for sure what what's the story with brody brody's gonna listen to this for sure so why did brody decide to be a quitter uh and not come back um do we think he's just not strong enough to do two years in a row do we think he doesn't have the endurance what's the what's the take on uh mr brody levin I mean, yeah, all that. <laughs> all that. I'll let Mon- Monty should talk about this. Monty's had him on speed dial. Oh, yeah, I've had him on speed dial. I had, so he, he did come back. So um, it, I got it stuck in my head at some point when I talked to him at last skier stand. And he was like, I swore he said, I'm not even a skier. I'm like a runner. Yeah. And I, but I, but so he did not say that. I got that stuck in my head, though. So I had, I talked him into coming into Bubba's backyard ultra, which he did in October. So after he did that and running, he's like, he said, I didn't say I wasn't a runner. He's like, I'm a professional skier. I ski professionally. I get that's that's how I make my living. He said, I probably run more because I, the weather allows me to run more and I do something every day. So that's probably why you got it misconstrued. Anyway, I said, you know, you got to come <laughs> back and like up, uh, you know, uphold your honor and you know, like find out where your limits are. And I was using that. Oh, you didn't find your limits card. I was pushing that hard. Yeah. <laughs> Like, listen, I would love to, but I don't want to do it year on year. I want to go back, see what people can do, and then maybe I'll come back the year afterwards and see if I can hold it and like hold it back. He should try to win the running one. Who did he lose to? This guy's won like every time, right? Like, what's this guy's name that run one Bubba's? (laughs) Ed Clifford. Dude, what is up with this guy? What's this guy's story? Well, you know, you listen, October, um, we already signed up for, uh, there's always open spots, Adam. Sign you want me to for, run? Uh, dude, I yes. am not running. We heard you're a big runner now. We heard dude. you're a big runner. Yeah, sign four up for, miles. Sign that, up for that. that and one we'll have lap. Ed, we're all, 
Ed Clifford smack you around for 24 hours and then see what the big deal about <laughs> 24 is. hours. No chance, dude. Four miles is like my cap. That's my long run is four well, miles. Okay. It's, that's that's great because luckily it's 3.5 miles. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. So I'll get one and a half in and blow up. Adam, I can do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't want to. Uh, this is for a later time. We're talking about Brody here. And then we talked about so, Ed for so a bro, okay. so, so Brody's got a lot going on. He, he doesn't. He, the. He went to last year's standing, and he said it took some of the joy out of his skiing for the rest of the season. <laughs> so he did not want to do that again, year on year. Oh, okay, fine. I guess it's acceptable. I was pushing him hard, too. I was like, I tried. I forget what I dangled. I dangled a bunch of carrots, well, and there well, was the, no, the, he just the, wouldn't the, do the, it. The, the difficulty I have with him is, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm coming from this whole ski thing blind, right? I don't know who's what. I don't know what. And they're like, "Oh, Brody Levin's coming." I'm like, "Okay, like I don't, I don't know who Brody Levin is." <laughs> he shows up. He's a super nice guy. Yeah, he's so nice. You know, he's the best. Help, helping people out, a face smiling, friendly, not like no attitude, no nothing. I'm like, can't there be something about this guy not to like? Like he was talking to like um, Ben at the end of this thing. He's like, "Ben, how you doing, man?" Ben's like, "I don't think." What he's like, "No, Ben, come on, we." Were, Let's go out. Let's just let's just go ski some more. Let's go. And Ben's like, I don't think you know the skiing down is really sketchy and sk- going up's no problem. He's like, yeah. So it's like the it's not like mean spirited or whatever. It's just like such a nice guy, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of like I don't want to like coerce him into doing something. I, I would like encourage him, but it's just like he's just a, just just a nice guy that you know. All right, you made up your mind. Your your reasons seem valid and. You know, met Katie. She was here crewing him. So the, the whole thing was like, it was, just, it was very nice. So and I, th- I think he's good to his word, too. I do think if they tee off this year, I think he'll come back next year. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about all that. I'm not, I'm not buying the story until it actually you're, happens. You're, you're so cynical. It I is disappointing to not have, to not have some of these people back that, that put up big numbers. But man, psychological damage. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it could be and, real. And listen, maybe he just doesn't want to know where his limit is. It's fine. He doesn't want to know if he can do better. Yeah. Maybe right? he just wants to leave that hanging. How far could he have gone? You know, what could have been? All those things. I heard a rumor that Drew Peterson was trying to do this thing and uh, and then decided to not. But I heard there was a conversation going online for a minute with him and Cody um, trying to decide which one of them would do it. Yeah. This was a thing Dang. for a second. Yeah. So this well, this event has I, I, blown up. It's a matter of it's a matter of time. I, again, and we when I created this event, and I thought of it um, as like making it a reality. I was like, oh yeah, after the first year, there's like, where are all the copycats? Yeah, like, where's the next one gonna be? And I and I think that's only a matter of time. I just think that there's a, it's a missed opportunity for some of these resorts. And I think like working with the Black Mountains has been great. They get a ton of exposure it gets people to the resort and it's um it's a fun environment and and that was that's also part of it it's like finding the right the right place to host these events that i don't know adds adds it as to the spirit of the event where anyone that's been to black mountain of maine knows that it's like this cool cool little resort with great terrain and an awesome passionate following of skiers that are are dedicated and diehards there that's cool they have the whole uphill scene the Angry Beavers done a bunch of glade work up there. It's connected to the Rumford Whitecap backcountry zone. 
So yeah, I'm encouraging, encouraging people to come out, support the event, support the mountain and, uh, kind of see, see where things go this year. Yeah. Can I, and we can cut this if you want, but like, what's the deal with the switch to black from black? Like why, what happened? Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty straightforward. We worked with black for five years, hosting events with them. It was awesome. It was a great opportunity to um, use that mountain to get people there to it was it was so cool that to just ask like can we host this event yes like let's do it and that's where i started ski the whites and at some point you know the owner didn't want events there anymore with us and you know i think it's hard it's a it, it was a kind of like a wake-up call in in management relationships and that's fine and that was like you know it's the 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 good and the bad with that relationship is like yeah he can you know the owner can do whatever he wants that's that's he, if he wants this event to exist he can have it there and if he didn't want it then he could say no um you know we tried to talk to vale and i think their heads exploded trying to figure out how to <laughs> um, operate an event outside of normal normal hours and you know that's what's so cool about these smaller independent resorts is like yeah, yeah you just you go and you talk to one or two people and then they if they think it's a good idea then you, you move forward so anyway long story short like yeah our relationship with black fell apart last year and um and you know we've kind of filled that void with lots of other fun stuff yeah yeah i don't think you guys are missing out and i don't want to sound like that's what i'm saying i think they're missing out on an event like this and i think they're missing out on events in general but if that's not what they want to do and not how they want to market themselves. then I think that's their choice, you know, like that's, that's the whole purpose of a small ski resort, right? Is like, you can make the calls you live and buy, like you live and die by the decisions that you make. Yeah. And we'll see, like, I think black mountain Maine, they're going to benefit tremendously from this. There's yeah. a lot of cool opportunity to work with them in the future. And, you know, it's good for Monty and I to get up there and make some new relationships and see what they have, have going on there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, last question I have for you guys and then I'll let you get out of here. Um, number of laps. I need hard bets here on number of laps completed for the 2023 rendition of uh, last year's standing. Have you been thinking about this, Mike? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to be optimistic. You can't be like, oh, it's going to be a dip year. It might be, though. It's more vert. It's 200 more per <clears throat> lap, right? Like something like that. It is. Yeah. So we went. Yeah. <laughs> so is it going to go 20% shorter? No. You think it's going to go longer? No, I don't think, it, I don't think it's going to go 20% shorter. So okay. with our, the Bubba's backyard ultra, it, it's like, is this going to keep going up and up and up? And finally, like it didn't. So this is sort of following suit where 65 hours, like I said, it takes two people. Right. Come on. Uh, 59. <laughs> 59. All right. What do you got? Uh, 67. I'm going to go 69. <laughs> of, of course, course you, you are. are. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's That's too easy. It, yeah. It's way too easy. Of course it is. I wish Ben didn't quit because the skiing was so, bad. Like it's, he would have gotten there, dude. <clears throat> 
I'll say I'll say a multiple set of two words. We'll play that uh, psychiatrist game, right? <laughs> D crampons, boilerplate, <laughs> long sliding ball. <laughs> we we went up there the other like a bunch of Thursdays ago to check it out, and it was. I've I've rarely had where you try and put your your poles in and they just slide along the crust at the top. <laughs> and Andrew was breaking trail ahead of me, and all you hear was a. Uh, sliding down the trail and i was like if this gets if this gets locked up late at night and that's where we're like what should we tell people to bring ski crampons i'm like absolutely well the course is a little bit punchier i mean black was punchy in sections too black mountain new hampshire but <laughs> anything can happen you know the conditions i'm looking at the long range forecast and it's it's looking like i see flurry i see snow flurries but Obviously, that's going to change. It's going to, but it looks like we're going to get go into this polar vortex this weekend, and then like come out of it with hopefully warmer weather, some snow in there. But I mean, like I said, this goes back to what I was talking about with the weather can really dictate how far this goes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. I uh, how many people? What's the over under on uh, how many people show up to Black Mountain, New Hampshire? zero you think i don't think it's zero <laughs> i bet i bet it's three and there's a few people who haven't opened the emails the communication emails it's possible i wouldn't i wouldn't i'd love to say none but the fact that when we we're at black mountain in new hampshire people would show up for black mountain maine yeah. say, what was that story about someone had a nordic meet oh my god this woman showed up but she's like <laughs> I'm here for my son's race. We're like, okay, this is an uphill race. It's she's like, no, he's doing a Nordic race here. I'm like, not here. It's Black Mountain of Maine. He's like, well, where is that? I'm like, it's like an hour and a half away. She's like, well, you have to call and tell him to stop the race because I want to see my son. I'm like, lady, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I don't know who to call or what to call, but nobody's gonna hold the race so you can drive an hour and a half to show up for your son. <laughs> yeah. Some all right, so yes, one person will show up to Black Mountain, New Hampshire and you know, it's going to happen. Well, you guys are optimistic. Um, okay. Thank you guys. As always. Are you, are you showing up? Yeah, I'll be there. Um, I will be there and I'm staying. I don't have to work the shop, so I'll be there uh, the whole weekend. Awesome. So I'm going to try to stay awake for the whole time. Did, did you clear off Monday? I did clear off Monday. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I honestly, I'll probably be there Saturday, Sunday, and I'm, I will be there Monday if it is necessary. I don't know if I'll make it Friday. I'm going to, I'll be in Jackson this week, next week through, and then I fly into Boston. And then we're driving from Boston up. Me and X, X is going to come too. So. Wow. Can't wait for the on-hill commentary. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. We're going to kind of troll a little bit. Maybe we'll troll a little harder than we did last year and do some laps here and there and, and kind of pick on people a little bit. So make it fun. So. Perfect perfect cool all right guys yeah looking forward to it adam thank you very much i will uh i'll talk to you guys maybe i'll see you tomorrow but later